Hey, Marcus. What's up? You like movies? Yes, I do. I think I like movies, too. Mm-hmm. This is the Zebras in America po- podcast. I am Bernard Herzog, also known as Scott Thero, here with Bars Von Trier, also known as Marcus Penn from Penland Empire. That's right. I've had I've had a shitty week, Marcus. It's Tuesday. It started. It started on Friday. Last. Oh, all right. Fair enough. Last week, um, I got I got diagnosed with terrible migraines. Yeah, you mentioned that. And so I, I've been chronicling it because uh, we hang out more now. Obviously. Yeah. Sucks, so man. no, it gets, it gets worse. So on Friday, they gave me an IV with Depakote to make it to make it better. Except then I woke up on Saturday. Uh, Poisoned by the Depakote. Like, oh. they gave me too much, and I don't react well to it. So what was the reaction? I went uh, feeling like I was being burnt from the inside ah. and dizzy. It was, like, it was terrible. And so I went, I spent Saturday at the ER, and, uh, yeah, I'm barely Shit. functioning today. Yeah. Damn, I didn't know that. That's okay. They, they have me on new meds <coughs> that I'm on. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm slightly uh, sedated, so that's nice. You ever um, smoke crack out of a Budweiser can with a homeless person in San Francisco? No. Well, I didn't do that this week. I've been to San Francisco, and I've seen people smoke crack. That's as close as I can get. Dope. So you had me... Literally. Yeah, well, sort of. So you you had me watch some movies recently. Yeah. Um, You're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome. (laughs) So, you had me see Skin Trade. Yeah. Uh, do you want to give a brief synopsis? Yeah, it's... Uh, I, I I try not to smirk, and I don't want the listeners to smirk, but it's been called Dolph Lundgren's uh, Passion Project, where he, he came up with the story. Um, and it stars Dolph Lundgren um, trying to uh, avenge the presumed death of his wife and daughter. Um, and it runs in conjunction with this... Uh, he's a cop, sorry, and it runs in conjunction with this other uh, Thailand cop who's like a do-good idealist who's trying to take down these guys who are, uh, you know, selling women. They cross paths and just imagine to some degree, you know, almost uh, the chemistry of like another Dolph Lundgren movie, like a showdown in Little Tokyo where these two guys are coming together sure. to take down this like criminal empire. Um and it co-stars, aside from Dolph Lundgren and Tony Jaw, it co-stars Michael Jai White. He's kind of the, the third Mike. He's the Val Kilmer to the sure. Pacino De Niro yeah. and Heat. Yeah. And it also co-stars Ron Perlman and um, <clears throat> Mr. Robocop. Why? Oh, my gosh. Why is? Why am I drawing a blank? Don't. Why am I drawing a blank right now? Robocop? Naked Lunch, William Burroughs, Robocop. I... David Buckaroo Banzai. I I don't understand the actor who plays all those guys. I don't Peter know. Weller. I'm Peter sorry. Weller. Gosh. Yeah, kind of people are yelling at me right now. So yeah. So before and just a few minutes ago, before we started recording, I told Scott that to me, Skin Trade is the Expendables movie that we deserved um, and have never gotten, uh, just based off of that cast. And 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 it's an enjoyable movie. It's 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 what? a it's a respectable direct to video slash Netflix movie. I in say my opinion. you know. This is sort of like Dolph Lundgren's Ran. How so? That is his passion project. Okay, all right. That maybe people didn't understand. Okay. I think <laughs> I think for so I'm going to say this. I have I have uh, I have opinions. Mm-hmm. For for a B movie mm-hmm. for a direct to DVD sort of film, mm-hmm. it 
it's clearly a five star because it 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 exceeds and almost it goes it transcends its genre. However, I have I have a lot of problems with the movie. Okay, before we get in, get into the problems, because as you you know, I've already, I've made it clear that I like it. I do want to say one thing just so it doesn't go unnoticed is that Dolph Lundgren, who is clearly the star. He was still, I don't know what the word is, cool enough, I guess, to kind of back away. Every one of these movies is usually two important fight scenes. Like midway, there's like this kind of like whatever fight scene. And in the finale, it's like the big showdown. He stepped away, and he's not even involved in the final fight scene. It's, uh... oh, I guess this actually saying who it is would give something away. So let me just say that. The fight scene is between two people that we'd rather see fight instead of like a Dolph Lundgren, who is a legitimate, you know, qualified fighter. But he's like a big kind of he's not he's not good, good, good with the moves, given his age and his size. So the fight scene that in the end, I, I really, really he's, enjoy. he's really good at like throwing punches. Oh, yeah. And elbows in real life, too. Yeah. Don't, don't get it twisted. Maybe like suplexing somebody. Yeah. But, you know, Tony Jaa is the thing is, there wasn't enough Tony Jaa. I guess I, I I can agree with that. My my how I felt with about skin trade was like thirty minutes of like a little more expository depth mm-hmm. and ten more minutes of Tony Jaa doing moves away from being a classic. Wow. Okay. Well, that's honestly not bad because I don't think most movies are classic. So I've classic that, like a classic of, of that genre of that genre. <laughs> but okay. So here, <clears throat> sorry. Here's my other question. Now that extra that thirty and ten minutes that forty minutes. Do you mean to be reworked into that night? Because it's a, it's not the longest movie, or did you want that movie to be like longer? I wanted that movie to be two hours long. See, and I respect that. Actually, it would be two hours and ten minutes because I like I get that that would never happen because the idea, no matter what kind of cast those movies have, it's always about like get it done, get it done. So they're not going to want to do like a two plus hour movie. But I would love for there to be a movie of that caliber in that lane to be like long, like two and a half hours. God, God forbid. I think that that would be very cool. I think the action film can be a way to uh, change and mm-hmm. positive change. Because like I've seen even a couple blogs review this movie that were like, I didn't even know about the, you know, the skin trade. That that. Oh, really? A lot of people don't like to think about the modern slavery that is uh, human trafficking. Sure. And if you come from a certain lens, if you're like someone that's really into action movies, maybe you're blind to some of that stuff. But okay. even even this week, there was discussion of like a Sylvester Stallone, Jackie Chan movie being made on like a road in Baghdad where like erroneously thought to be because like terrorists killed U.S. soldiers there. But really, it's the the opposite. So I think sometimes through the action lens, there can be some ignorance, mm-hmm. but not necessarily on purpose. I don't think. I think most people just focus on the world that they exist in. So I thought there was more to the actual trafficking stuff mm-hmm. that I would have liked. I agree. Also, there there was there is a very obvious plot twist in the movie. Yeah. And I wish there was given a little more credence to it. Sure. Which could have been done in this in this hypothetical thirty minutes that I wanted. Yeah. And while it did set it up for a sequel, which I don't know there will be. Could be. I mean, if, if it is, it could be, yeah, it's, it's like Expendables with heart. 
Yeah. Though there were parts of Expendables one and two I enjoyed. It was it was it was a missed opportunity. Yeah, I um I remember being very hype about the first Expendables, <clears throat> and it's not that the movie was bad, but I was I was disappointed. Um, I wasn't crazy about the third. The third Expendables was overkill. And I couldn't I, even I, I couldn't even watch it. And I took it a little personally that. We're on the third Expendables movie, and you mean to tell me that Kelsey Grammer gets to be an Expendable before Carl Weathers, before Action Jackson, Predator, Apollo Creed? <clears throat> so it's like to hell with that, to hell with that, whatever franchise. But I did, I loved Van Damme so much in the sequel. Yeah, all irony, whatever, all that nonsense aside, he was just legitimately great. That that made the second one for me, but still, it's it's one of those things where like, why isn't Tony Jaa? Why isn't Michael Jai White? Why aren't they Expendables? They're like. It makes no sense of, of that genre, you know, like the, like like the Chris Helmsworth is a fine actor, but or Liam Helmsworth, Liam, one of, Liam brother, Helmsworth his brother. is a fine actor, but that could have totally been a Michael J. White or, you know, Tony Jack, Tony Jack could have totally been an Expendables three. Over all those other random dudes who they got, seeing like Ronda I would, Rousey, I'm I'm not interested. I mean, I got at that. I understand at that point why they cast her, but you know. Yeah, I hope. I I wonder if she's having trouble getting casted now. Yeah, she's had a rough couple of years, and I think people think oh, serves you right, but she's still a human being. I'm, I'm one of those people, but okay, not 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 sadistically, not like hey, let me take to social media to write my thoughts about. But when it comes up, like now, I'll be like, based on some of the stuff she said, it's hard to. I will actually, you know what? That's not, I've I've never said serves her right, but it's one of those things where I do shrug my shoulders like. There needs to be more indifference. I don't know. She's very kind to Kat Zingano, mm-hmm. who she did beat in like eleven seconds. But like Kat Zingano, if you ever if you ever want to fucking cry, the Kat Zingano story, like her husband killed killed himself, and like oh. like so like it's one of the few fights where Ronda Rousey didn't talk smack because Ronda Rousey's father committed suicide. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. and you'll see her like actually she was like very very chilled to her. She's just like a young person who really likes Pokemon and got thrust into the light. And we're just, we just love to watch people get destroyed. That's but, true. But she's, she single-handedly made female MMA something people want to watch. I'm not saying that she's the greatest, and I'm not saying that, but... Single-handedly? No, no Gina Carano? She doesn't I don't know who props. that is. Haywire, Steven Soderbergh's Haywire. She was. Oh, yeah. I always thought she was the one. Ronda Rousey made it bigger. They they on like an equal. I'm level. saying I know she that much, she but. really she blew the floodgates open. Sure. For okay. for as Bill Pullman said in SNL in mm-hmm. 1998, girls kicking girls hard. I never saw that. But it's it's so funny. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman can be a funny guy. Yeah, he he hosted he once, and um. He was in a movie that I think about every once in a while that makes me sad, like where he was like Dar- Darren Sawa's dad or something. You remember oh, Darren Devin Sawa? Sawa? Devin Sawa. Yeah. What movie was this? I don't remember what it's called. Oh. But it was sad. Like he was his dad, and something bad happened, and he wasn't nice. So yeah, skin <coughs> skin trade. Mm-hmm. I thought was was a great movie, and I think yeah, I think Expendables. Took itself too seriously, mm-hmm. which uh, uh, That's which true. is something it should never have done. Like the first one, that whole like, how long was it? Close to thirty minutes of like being in that other country and seeing all that. Like I understand the heart and all that, but it's like, come on! Like you have all like you have this entire cast of people. Like get to the re- you know what I'm saying? Like come on, you know. 
Yeah, and and Dolph Lundgren was amazing in those movies. Oh, of course he is. Right from the right from the jump when he just shoots the guy. And yeah, I mean, well, Dolph Lundgren's usually always. And they great. used his actual backstory in the movie. What? So that he was a quantum scientist or some oh, shit. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, no, That's he's, uh, real. he's Mensa IQ, uh, legitimate, you know, uh, kickboxer, legitimate, whatever, black belt. Uh, I And he's the tertiary big bad in this season of Arrow. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Or Quartionary. Uh-huh. I love that show. Lexi Alexander's directed a couple episodes nice. of that. I know you like that. I, I, I still, I wish when Dolph Lundgren and Grace Jones were together, they produced a child. Boy or girl, I, I don't care. Because at this point, they'd be about our age, and I just imagine them being like, as my friend Doug Fry of the former podcast Lock Treatment likes to say, he would be uh, plotting world dominance right now. Like, you could just see, like, a supervillain, basically. Like, Dolph Lundgren and Grace Jones. Is, and if oh. not a supervillain, just an amazing specimen of a human being. Yeah, it would have been like, like the, art, the art version of Mr. Glass. The what version? Art. Yeah, but would have like, like, like they would have made like performance art painting wrestling. Yeah, yeah, something new. Yeah, just a a new type of person, a new type of thing. What and it would be perfect though and shiny. <sighs> speaking of speaking of Mister Glass, mm-hmm. um, I guess spoiler alert at this point. Have yeah, no, s- no, yeah, it, you you've had months to see it and it's out on iTunes. You can it's yeah. Go ahead. <sighs> I'm not. Have you seen Split? Yes, I have. I was not feeling it until, like, I was like, oh, this is delicious. And then the reveal at the end. But really what blew my mind, which made me so excited, was the announcement of the film Mr. Glass. Yeah, yeah. Because I think Unbreakable was my favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie. I think a lot of people would say that. And so I was, I just, I, I squealed. I went, and you know why I, I, I didn't, re- perhaps it's out there, maybe you'll, you know, correct me on this or, or, or put me in the know, but I feel like if there's, if he's smart, the plot, the, the basic plot should be on some like Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter style stuff where like Bruce Willis needs Mr. Glass's help to find this guy, to find James Mac, Matt McAvoy. Obviously, it's Shyamalan. Other stuff is going to happen. And I don't know what they're going to do with Anya Taylor-Joy's uh, character, um, who, by the way, is just her presence and everything is excellent. For those who don't know, she's the young woman from The Witch who is now, it seems like she's exclusively in M. Night Shyamalan-based movies after that. But um, I don't mean, know what they're going to do with her. Vitch? She was in Vitch? Vitch. Like V-V-I-T-C-H, Witch? <laughs> What? I don't get it. That 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 movie that came out last year, Witch. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. it was it was styled with oh, two v- Vs. Oh, two, oh, right, right. Witch. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> but no, that's cool. I didn't know you were that, that big of an Unbreakable fan. I, 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 I am an unapologetic, up until Lady in the Water, M. Night Shyamalan fan. Oh, okay. I, it, but part of that arc, I can't make any apologies for... The one where they're in the woods. Oh, uh, the village. Yeah, that one. That yeah. one. That one was whack. Yeah. But I thought Sixth Sense a lot of fun. Unbreakable, fucking love that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Signs really liked that movie. Really liked it. Mm-hmm. I just love it. I, I enjoy those kind of movies. Yeah. And I just I loved uh, Lady in the Water because it's just so weird. It's a disaster piece. Yeah. 
I just think little like that was almost one was going to be the third movie I got up and walked out on um Million Dollar Baby and the Matthew Broderick Godzilla being the other two. But Matthew Broderick killed somebody and got away with it. Yeah, I know. Well, him and his wife. It was both yeah, of them, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. But like there's that whole scene. Bob I'm Balaban. Keeping tabs on you, Matty. <laughs> Bob Balaban plays the film critic staying at the motel and <laughs> he gets so killed. <laughs> which to me is such nonsense. It's like, oh, at that time, oh, M. Night Shyamalan has the film critic killed. No, oh, it, you really got oh, I know where you're going with this. It's like fuck you. Like thinking don't make M. bad Night, movies and don't get mad. I'm gonna thinking, make a film critic character and kill him. Oh, you got us. M. Night Shyamalan is a heavy handed guy who casts himself as <laughs> As the Messiah, uh, who's going to write like the the Marx Manifesto, you take that away. The cookbook, and I yes. just enjoy the movie. Yeah. I've watched that movie eleven times, and I don't like to watch movies twice. Now the movies after that, um, as a huge Avatar and Korra fan, I couldn't I couldn't co-sign the Avatar movie. I didn't even bother to see it. I tried because I've I've watched. I've watched every single episode of Avatar and every oh. single episode of Legend of Korra. Mm-hmm. Huge fan. Okay. Um, no, I'm a person. I'm not a fan. <laughs> Here, okay. Why? Here, yeah, well, we'll get to that we'll in a get second. There. Um, I, I do have a question, though, just regarding... Um, but I have seen my, all of his movies. Okay. Did you, even though he didn't direct it, it's like heavily implied that like it was like a Toby Hooper, Steven Spielberg, Poltergeist kind of thing, the movie Devil? Where like he produced it and wrote it, but it was another director. But it was kind of like he—it's kind of his movie. And there's that twist in it. And that's the thing. I enjoyed Devil, and it's funny. Okay, let's bring it back to Expendables. When I went to go see Expendables, I went to go see it with uh, M. Tume, actually, our friend M. Tume, and 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 our first official guest. And when we went to go see Expendables, they did the trailer for Devil, and it was just your t- your typical trailer. <clears throat> and then right as on as on the screen, it said, you know from the mind behind Unbreakable and Signs, the whole audience went, oh, God damn it, like in unison. And I was like, oh, the M. Night Shyamalan thing is real. Because, I, I, you know, you'd read online how I thought it was just like a joke. Let's just hate on M. Night Shyamalan, kind of like how people like to hate on Roman Reigns now, if you're a wrestling fan. But, um... Yeah, he did, and, it, he did it to himself. But he's... Level. Yeah. But he's back. That, and that's what I was going to get into. I do. He sent out an amazing tweet. I'm not a crazy M. Night Shyamalan fan. I do like Unbreakable. But he wrote this heartfelt like tweet, essentially about how like Split was number one in theaters for you know a couple weeks. And whatever, it was like a January release, so it's not that difficult. There's not a lot of things to come out. But still, he wrote how touched he was to, like, to have a number one movie in the 90s. The you know between 2000 2010 and now between you know 2010 and you know 2020 like to have a number one movie in those three decades it meant a lot to him and I was like you know what fair enough man like yeah and yeah I just I like I like that he's encouraging horror stuff because mm-hmm. also it turns out that I like horror movies yeah. I thought I didn't but since I got Shutter you should really you should really give us some money. Because I love, I love Shudder. I tag Shudder in, in a lot of horror-based stuff when I tweet, especially this movie Prevenge, which is excellent. Which you can see on Shudder, and I'm sorry yeah. that yeah. I didn't love it. I think, <gasps> no, we talk about this on the episode that is going to come out this week. Yeah, okay. If we, were, if we were time travelers. Okay. okay, okay. We've discussed it. Okay, okay. Um, 
Also because I just want to say I read this amazing article today mm-hmm. or yesterday mm-hmm. uh, by Emily Yoshida about women talking to each other in movies mm-hmm. and, and the, the proliferation of persona clones and why it's so difficult to write women talking to each other. Whoa. And it's really good. Um, and so because of that, I, I read the article because mm-hmm. I I, I'm interested in all types of stuff. And because of that, it recommended this new movie, recent movie, which I saw as you came into the house. I was finishing it up. Mm-hmm. Always Shine. I don't know that. It's a persona, it's a persona sort of deal yeah. with um, Mackenzie Davis and Caitlin Fitzgerald. Okay. It's on Shudder. It's really good. Nice. It fucked me up. Oh. Because I was, because it's like, it's like, it's the shit I like, that psychological shit. Mm-hmm. What was that movie Ooh. Frailty? You like that movie Frailty? Absolutely, and R.I.P. Powers Booth and, and Powers Booth course, and fucking Bill, Bill Paxton. Paxton. I only say because Powers, Powers Booth. Powers Booth uh, it's, passed it's very away. Very fresh. As well, recently. you know what? Bill Pullman's passing is fresh. It not Bill to, Pullman. You know, Bill Pullman is still alive. Bill Paxton. Jesus, I'm not the only person to do that. But R.I.P. to both of those guys. And yes, and that movie's really good. The movie's yeah, really, really it's good. It's a great movie. Yeah. I remember people being like, "It's the greatest horror movie." Like, I don't know about yeah, all that. Relax, but it's, it's a really very good. good dramatic film with horror yeah. overtones. Yeah. But I didn't. I never got scared. Yeah, I didn't either. I, I just anything, thought it was great. I had reaction, like the whole ending scene with the security footage and the squiggly lines covering the face. No, I, I, like, I went. Oh, that is I, awesome. I, I did I go. I really liked it. I remember, like you know, a good you know, a movie's good when you like stand up and go, whoo. Yeah. Like I did that. Yeah. You ever like like you go see an action movie and you'd end up like punching the air because you're so excited my thing no my, well yes but my thing is like a oh like i do that which which could be interpreted as you know kind of sexual but that's definitely like a marxism like oh i don't i don't you know. know i never yeah. try to i try not to think about you too sexually fair enough fair enough please um, don't <laughs> ever so speaking about desperation yeah and psychological narratives yeah you made me see a movie. I didn't make. Come on. You Especially had not me, with this movie. You had me see a movie. Yes. Called Entertainment. Yes. Entertainment is a film directed by Rick Alverson, starring Greg Turkington as his famous stand-up character Neil Hamburger, and also Ty Sheridan, yes. who was who was in Joe, or Ty Sheridan who was in Mud, and he's also the middle brother that doesn't have much importance in Tree of Life. Yeah, and also uh, Cyclops in yes in Apocalypse. Wow, his career's going. He's doing great. He's things. doing great. He's a very yeah. good actor. He's got yeah. a nice face. Yes, he does for acting. Yeah. So, have you ever seen this um this this web series called Garfield without Garfield? No. So this person takes like all these Garfield uh, sketches mm-hmm. with um Dave, and okay. takes out Garfield. So it's just like a guy losing his mind. Oh. Talking to himself, it's like a like a desperation sure. narrative. Yeah, that's what I got from entertainment. Yeah, I mean, as 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 you should. Um. So like the, you know, like this guy is slowly unraveling. Yes. Oh but yeah. The person, He's a road comic, slowly just. Kinda... But the person that's unraveling is Neil Hamburger, or like a version of Neil Hamburger. Well, it's Greg Turkington. It's him though. 
as the character. Because like when he's not on stand up, when he's in his motel rooms, that's getting Neil. drunk and breaking down, he's called Neil throughout. That's true, but he still not, does a different persona, though. He's yes, not, but it's, it's, it's Neil. But it's ne- it's not. It's not Greg. This movie is not about Greg. It is, but like at the same time, it kind of is because that's what he, what he's acting in the movie is what he does for a living for a good portion of his yes, life. But, so but it's hard to. They're trying to theorize what Neil Hamburger would be like. This version of Neil, off. Okay, it's it's hard for me. Not that I oh that's wrong. It's just hard for me to accept that only because he's a completely different person. And I know stand-ups are, they're this persona when they're not, but they're still, he's just, to me, is a different person when he's on stage versus off. Yeah, but that person is, it's like they're they're um, conceptualizing what that person would be if they were Neil Hamburger. See, because that character, I feel like he would still be, like, when he's not doing stand-up. Like, he goes to a video store. I'm just, what I'm just... movie? Can I'm, I rent? Like, I picture that. I'm just giving my interpretation and a couple interviews I've read with. Yeah, yeah. But, so for me, I'm not watching it as a film about Greg Turkington. Mm-hmm. I'm watching it about this all this doubly fictionalized Neil Hamburger. Because yeah, Neil Hamburger is a fictionalized character. Mm-hmm. And this version of Neil Hamburger is a fictionalized version of Neil Hamburger. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have like this, this, like, this, this is like a acid, acid, acid Western. Yeah. It's an acid Western yeah. and acid Western road movie. Yeah. It's a road movie. Cause as Rick Alverson put it, he said he wanted to make two lane blacktop with Neil Hamburger. And I, knowing both of these movies very well, two lane and, and entertainment, I couldn't agree more. So in my mind, I called it Jerry at the comedy cellar. Jerry. Oh shit. That's excellent. There's a reason why we have a podcast together. God damn it! I have good, I have good insights too. That's really good. Yeah. See, that's the, like the forgotten movie of that Gus Van Zandt period. Everyone like best, starts with elephant. It is. It's Everyone, the only good one. Okay, I, I, I don't <laughs> agree with that. But people do act as if it's it's such a like random movie to people like. These two big star, only two people starred in it. It's based on a true story, and it's scored um, by Ergo like, Part. Yes. Yeah. Well, I guess they used his music like for it. When I say score, when I hear scored by, it, I was like, he it's consistent. I thought he created music specifically for the movie. No, that stuff was out before. Um, oh, Jerry. Yeah, but Weird. it's used perfectly though. Still, I um, you know, it's interesting. <clears throat> I got to. This isn't like a, a brag. It's not like that. But I got to like. Spend a little time with Rick Alverson, actually, after watching a little sneak preview of Entertainment uh, a couple of years ago uh, at BAM. He's a really nice guy, by the way. It was one of the times I got starstruck, too, because I've I'm, I'm been chronicling his career on my site. I write about all of his movies, and sometimes I would tweet at him or I would tag him in something, and I would get no response. And then our mutual friend was like, hey, this is my friend Marcus. He runs the site Pinland Empire. And then he goes, you're Pinland Empire? Oh, man, you're always so kind to me. Thank you. And like, just, I was like, oh, wow. I was very you know, t- taken aback. I'm interested to see where he goes from here because yeah. the comedy was a difficult movie for me, but I, I wouldn't say it was a bad movie because mm-hmm. I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I enjoyed entertainment a great deal more. Okay. I just I just thought it was stronger. I just did. No, no. I, I um, see for I, me the, the use of cinematography, the music, the acting, and the 
what it does is it, it creates this, like, you don't, at first you're like, why am I feeling compassion for this person? And as he breaks down and as he keeps on trying to reach his daughter who may or may not exist. Yeah. You're feeling for him, even though he's becoming a worse and worse person yep. on stage. Yep. Because his jokes are already, if you've ever watched a Neil Hamburger thing, they're already rough when they're on and they're funny. They're offensive and uh, avant-garde. They're avant-garde, but there's also we have what we haven't mentioned is the whole thing behind Neil Hamburger's Greg Turkington himself is his critique on stand-up comedy in general. Yeah. Which is kind of what I was getting at, because Rick Alverson was saying himself, he's not a fan of stand-up comedy. And it was, and I remember, it's just like, wow, that's great to like not like something, but to make a movie about it and like to entrench yourself in it, because he was saying, kind of in preparation for it, sure. not just Neil Hamburger, he was going to a lot of stand-up shows, and he was saying how he wasn't laughing, which, which you know, given all these recent... Uh, Netflix specials, I'm, I'm the same way. So I just found it interesting to like, I don't like this, I don't really laugh at stand-up, but he kind of still shows respect to it because yeah. there's this still road aspect of it. You're just going from one random town to the next. And as musicians too, both of us, you know, I, t- I tested the waters and I was like, fuck this, like where just yeah, I being, went, being I on went tour on, vans and all, like I'm I not did, doing this. I did a short tour in the early aughts and I was like, no. Yeah. I just I I I mean I'm a depressive and I get lonely. It's just it's just too much. Yeah. I also like I like the film. It's like watching like the death of like this person's id and mm-hmm. like the disaster of it mm-hmm. and like uh like in in Alverson's wanton disregard of form, he has a really dope form. Yeah. Cuz like you remember the movie Spider-Man 3? Yeah, I remember it. Didn't you feel like you were watching a hundred short films about Spider-Man? Not even. I don't give it that much. Th- I just thought I was watching The Mask Part 3. Well. Kind of. I felt like I was watching all these vignettes about Spider-Man, mm-hmm. but none of them were that connected. Okay, yeah. Fair enough. So yeah. I felt like that. Mm-hmm. So entertainment was a lot like Spider-Man 3. But I liked so entertainment. One was good. Yeah. One was good mm-hmm. And one had Kirsten Dunn singing twice. Yeah. Oof. I, you know, I have to say, too, you mentioned the cinematography and the kit. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen his first film, The Builder? So you were saying something about The Builder? Okay. So, well, you were saying about the cinematography of entertainment. And I have to say, if you looked at his first film up till now, the greatest thing about Rick Alverson is that he matures with every movie. His first movie looks like it was shot on a not-so-good camera. And then his next film, uh, this film called New Jerusalem with Will Oldham, I guess that's probably the biggest name you know in that movie. Bonnie Prince Billy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. From looks Old a, Joy. From Oh, yeah. Can you talk about that? Old Joy's a great movie. No, just I know that you like that movie, and I'm a fan of Will Ray Oldham. Hart. Yeah, she's... Uh, She's great. They, they 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 collaborate together quite a bit. But then entertainment, like that was his first movie. Like, oh, this looks. Uh, there's some like memorable shots, and not to dis because I don't think Rick Alverson's made a bad movie. Also, full disclosure, I think he's one of the three best active American filmmakers working right now. But his first two movies, it, it's about the overall vibe. Mel and, Gibson, and Mel Gibson, Rick Alverson, something like that. Close. Or, 
close. close. Tight. Mel Gibson. Uh, but yeah, like now entertainment. This is the first foot where the whole movie just looks beautiful. Like there's like, whoa, this is. It's like he's come a long way. Yeah, since his it, first film, and and in a short period of time, you know, uh, in let's see, in 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 six, because the builder was two thousand ten, two thousand nine, something like that. So you know, in, in a short we're talking span, about the Bob the Builder movie. Yes, nice. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of so. If I could just plug the builder though, where I'm at right now, it's just kind of like it's about this guy. He lives in Queens. Uh, he's just kind of over New York City and. He buys some land in upstate New York and wants to build a log cabin because he just wants to get away from people and, and everything. But in the middle of doing it, he just becomes kind of like disenfranchised and just like, oh, can I even do this? And then the movie just kind of lingers in intentionally. And that's kind of uh, part of it. Uh, you know, part of that movie captures where I'm at, uh, where my headspace is at, where it's like just one of those things where, you know what? It sounds romantic. God, I hate New York City and these buildings and it's busy. I'm going to go live off by myself. Oh, wait, this could kind of suck. So it kind of call it, it calls out that kind of like romantic idea. The thing is, no matter where you go, there's problems. Yes. Yes. That, mm, yes. <laughs> we'll talk about the rest of the, what I was getting ready to jump into off, off, uh, off record. But yeah, I was about to say off camera. Off camera. We, we're, not a, we're not a video show. Off the mic. Like, y'all don't want to look at us. Y'all don't want to watch our YouTube. Well, do you want to watch our YouTube? <laughs> if we did a YouTube, is that something you'd like? Okay. These are things I think about. Um, to go back to entertainment. Yeah. It de- Like, I sent you side-by-sides as I was watching it. Yeah. I sent you one of that and um, Only God Forgives. Because there was some, there was some little wine, wine action. That's what I call Nicholas Winding Refn today. Wine, wine. That's a pretty dope. That's a pretty dope name. Yeah, wine, wine. Yeah. You also sent a good side by side of 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 him at the end of of Neil Hamburger at the end with uh, John Goodman in True Stories. True Stories. Which, yeah. Which look pretty. Cool. I'm very. You should I'm, go ahead and you should tweet those. Other people uh, see. You should just tweet my joints. No, I don't I, want to. <laughs> that sounded. Really <laughs> All right. I, I was just getting ready to say is I don't it's uh people like this, so it's, uh, let me just explain quickly. Half the time I like when pe- people do side by sides and they tag me in it. The other half of the time I'm like, Jesus Christ, now I'm gonna get a million notifications for the next three days of something that I did like two years ago that nobody saw and I didn't get any yeah. retweets but this. But so I but I don't mind when my friends or people who I like tag me in in, in stuff, you know. I'm just not it's uh, we we talked about this almost verbatim I know. on the driving episode. Please release my side-by-sides that I sent you. I don't want to release side-by-sides. I will give you credit, and I won't tag you. Just give me credit. You don't have to tag me. And Just that's say, ethics, too. And I hope, I hope, so, I hope some, some of you who are listening... With the side by side stuff, no, but like some ethics, some tagging, like you know, hey, let me just tag, tag, tag. We tag, live tag, in this tag. aggregation. We live in this aggregation world where like people don't even know where things come from. Yeah. So I, I, to go back to entertainment, mm-hmm. it was a really good movie. It stayed with me a lot. Yeah. It was it was everything I like about slow movies, but also it was action packed. Like all of a sudden, there's like that baby scene or like. The weird, the weird lights, that, or like you Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah, what's there's going something on? Something about I don't know. I had this. Uh, I have these things with me. There's certain lines that are delivered that I was like, 
that was just delivered perfectly. Yeah, and Michael Sarah. Gonna stay. He has this one. He's just like, will you stay with her and keep me company until someone comes and helps you with my car? Like, the way he says that line, it makes me crack up every time. I'm like, he delivered that perfectly. It's, Ma- it's Michael, unsettling Michael Sarah has slowly become the best version of Michael Sarah. Sure. And sure, now he's 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 at his perfected form. I agree. He knows what he can do. He had that super like meta moment. Wow, Scott brings up a New Yorker article again. When he had that New Yorker article where he was texting someone who thought he was he, someone he in real life someone got his number mm-hmm. and texted him cuz he thought it was like wrong number texted him. Yeah. And then he wrote like a story that goes into it and the person thought he was Jesse Ehrenberg or whatever. Eisenberg. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was very cool. So I feel like I feel like John, I feel like he's he's just become the perfect version of himself. I I also felt like I had like it also reminded me of of a, of a oft maligned but zebra zebra loved film of Brown Bunny. Thousand percent. I've got quite a few side by sides out there in in interwebs of entertainment and Brown Bunny. And so I just want to say thank you for putting me onto that movie. That was a great movie. Nice. Oh. Yeah, I still have some homeworks from an episode that hasn't been aired yet, so it's going to totally mess up the world. Uh-oh. Pre-call tape-in show, Mr. Show. That's where it happens. Hello, calls. Where are you? Hi. But, yeah, so the future, but talking about the past, but it's the present. Yeah, so there's movies already that, you, that you're going to have me watch. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to watch those, because I haven't been able to watch those yet. But... You you lent me Nanette and Bonnie oh, on yeah. DVD. Yes, because I have a DVD player. Nice. And that was that's a Claire Denis film. Oh yeah, one of her '90s films. Yes. And that film made a fan out of me and my fiance. My fiance, my fiance, it's like texting me like her criticisms and understandings, like dissertations about Claire Denis. So like I can't watch any of her movies now without her. So that's nice. That makes that's me very happy um, on multiple levels. One, that is one of them. I don't think it's weird. I, whatever. It's known fact at this point if you're listening. Claire Denis is my favorite filmmaker. No. Nanette and Bonnie is one of my favorite Claire Denis movies, but I know it's not one. It's not. It's it's in her bottom half in terms of like her best stuff. But on a personal level, it, it, it was my gateway. Wow. Goddamn. You brought up the brown bunny. I found that movie because of my fascination with Vincent Gallo. For those listening who haven't seen Vincent Gallo, co-stars in The Net and Bonnie. Because co-stars? I saw... Huh? He's in a few scenes. I wouldn't say he's in it. He's like... He's on the DVD. He's, he's, he's mentioned. He's, 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 he's part of it, but he doesn't have a name. Yeah, she calls him Vincent. Does she? In the, the first scene when she's in the like, credits, Vincent? In the credits, it's just Baker. Oh, she calls him that when she her, asks she's, him to her, She's the... credited as a Baker, too. Oh, I don't. Her name is not, uh, yeah, Valerie. Uh, so the film is about these these this brother and siblings. sister who mm-hmm. are going through some shit, and the brother is troubled. Sure, she's a little. Troubled she's troubled too. too, but in a different way. Yeah, he's he's got some. I don't know if it's bipolar. There's something a little off, and I don't mean that in a judgy way, but like he's, you know, he has. He's like, he's very angry. And he writes this poetry that's very aggressive. Yeah. And he has a lot of tense anger of the sexual variety and also anger towards his sister. Yep. Anger towards his father. 
I mean, the acting by this dude in that movie is fantastic. Gregoire Collin, who's um, next to Alex Descartes, he's Claire Denis' most commonly used but Alex, actor. Alex Descartes is in this movie, too. Yes, he is, in a quick, little quick scene, yeah. As a doctor, which he yeah. also shows up. I wonder if he's the same doctor in Bastards. Holy shit, I never, I never thought about that. Could be. Definitely not the same ba- doctor as Trouble Every Day. No. But you never know. The thing about her world is that she is that she like I just love like she'll spend five minutes of a dude masturbating with some dough. Yeah. And then and then gloss over the really important shit. Sure. I love that. Because in life we spend a lot of our time on the weird shit. Mm-hmm. Not necess- most of us don't masturbate with pizza dough. In fact, I'd say 99.999% of people don't. Maybe even more than that. Because like 0.00001% of the world is still like millions. Yeah. So, like so many don't. But you know what I mean? Like the the little interactions, you know, the, the, the life we show on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook is but a hiccup of our actual lives. So I love the actual live shit that Claire Denis is able to put into her movies. Claire Denis shows it's the actual person after they've uploaded that picture to Instagram, but they're st- they're alone in their apartment, and it's just like oh, but no words are spoken. Yeah, she spends two hours. She shows the picture being uploaded to Instagram, sure. but she just doesn't care about it. It's necessary for the story. Yeah. So like the conceit of the end of the movie, there's two big things that happen that I don't want to reveal, mm-hmm. but the, there was that what you call that New Jack City shit. Yeah. That was done almost like without... It was so nonchalant that I was like, Just like the shooting itself. Yeah. Like, probably the way he expected, or or rather the woman he was with, it's the same thing. Exactly. Whoa, 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 wait, what? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm just like... So, really, this podcast has been a way for you to turn me into a Claire Denis fan. I I love it. And and specifically, too, um, and Alice Howery fan uh, yeah. she's actually that plays in that who's you know a uh, friend of mine she's like one of the nicest pe- uh, n- n- nicest pe- pe- people i know she's a part of the she's a big part of the fabric of early claire Denis. yeah um didn't show up in her stuff for a while but then she shows up at the end of bastards uh, a role that she actually downplays but like it's I understand. her yeah. um which is funny i saw tim blake nelson uh for those that he's the third guy in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Um, you know, John Turturro, George Clooney, and Tim Blake Nelson. I saw him in line at the movies. He's He has a role in a Hal Hartley film in this movie called Amateur. And I saw him in line, and I was and it was weird because I was just watching Amateur. So I see him, which is a movie made in 94, and I saw him in line. I was going to see the third Batman movie. Um, the best one. And I was just like, he's like two people behind me, and I'm just like, oh, you know, whatever. It's not like I'm starstruck, but I was just literally watching a movie with him in it, and I was like, "Hey, man, I was that's so I'm, I'm a fan of yours. I, he's he's good in a lot of stuff." And I was like, "It's funny. I was two nights ago. I was just watching Amateur, and he goes, he's like, hmm? Amateur, the Hal Hartley movie.' He's like, I don't, you know, he has that like Southern-ish draw, and I was like, the movie that that you're in, that Hal Hartley directed, aren't you in that? And he's like, No, no, no. It's like, but it's a it's a goddamn fact he's in it. So he, I guess he was just fucking with me because I doubted myself. Then I went to IMDb and it's like, no, he's in it. Like, what the fuck? So, you know, but, you um, can't remember everything. 
Sure. Eh, it could have been it. I, I do. Be careful with the microphone. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I'm, I'm a fidgety guy, and I had five cups of coffee today. I'm sorry. That's so many cups of coffee. Uh, I know. Because um, I'm tired after the gym, and then I overcompensate. I, I do want to say, in terms of like how you connected the Alice Disca, um doctor character, I cannot wait for you to see U.S. Go Home, only because you're just. It's going to be like. Didn't I watch this already? Because it's very... And I mean in a critical way. Just like, have you seen, you know, like Inland Empire, Mulholland Drive, Lost Highway? Sure. Nanette and Bonnie and U.S. Go Home are like that. Okay. Except it's on another level because U.S. Go Home is the same damn cast at, pretty much as Nanette and Bonnie. Whereas at least the Lynch films I named use different actors. Sure. So that's kind of, it adds a whole other thing to it. I've Inland Empire has grown on me over the over the years. It's good. My, it's your name, your your blog yeah. is named after it. Yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean you like it. I really like like that movie. My problem, I was just getting ready to get into that. The problem is now with all this Twin Peaks stuff coming out, and everyone looks at me like a weirdo because they know how much I love David Lynch. I'm not excited about the show. Honestly. I was I was about to bring um, up a question. I was like, is it okay if I don't watch it? I'm, I don't plan on really watching it. I'm, it's just it's just a nostalgia fest. Like it's too it's too much effort is put into something that's on nostalgia. And people forget too, Twin Peaks was that fifteen minutes of fit. Twin Peaks was two seasons. And let's just be honest, midway like when you find out who killed Laura Palmer, there was no reason to watch it anymore. And I understand why it was executed the way it was. There were so many characters, and I think David, not just David Lynch, but all the people involved in Twin Peaks thought the show could build off of all the characters but when your whole premise is who killed Laura Palmer yeah. and we find out it's like eh to to get a little philosophical which I like to do sometimes on sure. this show and in life sure um so be careful to give people what they actually want when when McDonald's started giving breakfast sandwiches 24 hours a day people realized that it wasn't that they wanted breakfast 24 hours a day is that they wanted meaning to their monotonous lives and that they're you know getting an egg mcmuffin at five in the afternoon actually doesn't make up for the fact that your life is hell and you you strive for meaning and one day you will be part of the dirt that animals receive their nutrients from wow and so, also just go to a fucking diner sorry go ahead. sure of course <laughs> 24 hours there's 24 hour diners and New York City doesn't even have the best diners, and they're still pretty good. Uh, Queens has the best diners. But N- no, New Jersey, Qu- everyone will say New Jersey. Queens has the best food, but New Jersey has Taylor ham. New Jersey has chip beef. New, New, New Jersey has Scrapple. I'm sorry, dog. New York City has the best breakfast sandwiches, and I'm saying they're still pretty good, yeah. but, but Jersey has, has the, very, the variety of breakfast meats. So, but at the, at the end of the day, really like suffering creates that joy because animals had to die for us to enjoy it. Yeah. It's terrible. We're terrible. And so everyone wants to rekindle their, their, their Twin Peaks thing. But really like, like I don't want to watch Twin Peaks. Like I want, like this is going to get dark. Like I miss, I miss people that are dead. That's like, you know, like, mm. that's what I miss. Like, Twin Peaks is just going to remind me of all these people that are gone, you know? That's true. Because it, it's such a concrete time. And maybe there's a chance it'll be good. Who's to know? But I'm so, like, 
I'm just like scared. And it's just like a, uh, it's like a brutal reminder that people I love are no longer here. It's like, um, my fiance watches better call Saul. Sure. And I have a hard, I can't watch that show. Cause every time I see Mike, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to, he's dead. I can't, I know what's going to happen. So I don't want to see him with his granddaughter. I don't want to see him making moves and thinking everything's going to be all right. Cause it's not like the show's going to end, but you know, but also too, like when you think about, like when you talk about miss, I miss David Lynch, the director, like the, 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 the filmmaker rather. Sure. And like, so for example, when Twin Peaks came out, we were like nine and 10 years old. Yeah. So when I see some, I'm not trying to get all this generational stuff because I'm not like that. But at the same time, when a 26 year old is like, Twin Peaks is coming back, what the fuck do you know? Like, what do you know? You know? And I guess that's kind of my somewhat irrational, cynical side. But I say this to say, oh, you talk about In- Inland Empire. My thing with Inland Empire is that's the kind of movie where it's like, I really do like that movie, but it's like, you better not end your filmmaking, your movie making career on that movie. And unfortunately, it seems like at least for now, that's where he's headed. He he said recently, it's like, you know, which I'm starting to think is kind of a cop out more when people are like, oh, I can't do the things uh, on, you know, film that I can do in movie. And I kind of feel like that might be true in some cases, like if you want it, like in terms of being episodic. Absolutely. But if you want this one concrete story, you don't necessarily need eight, 10 or 12 shows to tell something. So sure. I, I, I don't I necessarily and, agree with and, that. And, you know. There was that. There was that that film that film thing that was like ten episodes that you had to watch at IFC or like came out. You're doing something weird with the microphone. Oh. The, um, the te- what? There was this sort of like European sort of movie, sort of television show that came out a long time ago. That was ten hours, loosely based off of like the the sins and shit. Oh. Decalogue, I don't know, something like that. Oh, Decalogue. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. De- so, oh, oh, oh. yeah. I just think that as a movie, I, I, my TV was not on my brain when you said that. So that's why, yeah, Decalogue. Yeah, yeah. Christoph Kozlowski. It's, it's, it's dope. Mm-hmm. I think that David Lynch, if he wanted to tell a nine hour long movie, could get, he would not be able to get the funding through Hollywood, but probably through his fans, could raise. $20 million Absolutely. and make the nine hour non-linear film that he wants to make. And I want the nine hour movie. I want the non-linear film. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I also like, you know, to quote bone thugs in harmony. Like I miss, <laughs> I miss my dog and I miss my uncle Charles. Yeah. These shows are not going to bring your friends back. And I worry yeah. for the people that are so excited for this they're, the disappointment that they might get. No, here's what's going to be more sad, and this is what I see. At least at first, for a while, people are going to be in denial. They're going to like... Well, that's like, cognitive dissonance. Oh, no, I like it. Oh, no, it's, oh, it's great. But like deep down inside, there's like, oh, shit, I don't really like this. Yeah, it's like and when I used to I say I liked Star Wars, Star Trek, I, not Star Trek Nemesis, just because like I didn't want to admit that I didn't. Sure. Or it's kind of like, or, or, it's like... When Wu Tang Forever came out, like the over really good album, but then like eh, it didn't need to be a double as as in a lot of albums in the late nineties. No rap album needed to be a double, and it's and it's frustrating too because you could have had a classic, 
by just cutting and snipping and making one solid album. But it's like Wu Tang double album, or you know, well, I wasn't I wasn't a Tupac fan, as, or but like Biggie, like a Biggie double album. But then it's like there's a lot of filler in both of those albums. But you don't want to say it because you you know it's like no, you can't speak. Whenever you of, say you know. it, like oh, you're hating. Exactly. But like exactly. Life After Death would have been so good if it was thirteen songs. Yeah. You know, Nas's double album, the version I've made that's like twelve songs, mm-hmm. is I like. I listen to more than Nomadic. Oh. I'm not, I don't want to go as far as saying I like more than Nomadic. Mm-hmm. Still, no, totally. Though, though, it doesn't matter. I watch Steven, Steven Soderbergh's Solaris way more than I watch Tarkovsky's Solaris. I think Soderbergh's Solaris is a more watchable film. Warren, our friend who hosts the, uh, or who used to host uh, Inside the Phoenix, used to give me a lot of shit for that. So, Warren, that makes two people who love that movie, so... Yeah, and I like Tarkovsky. Yeah. And I like that Solaris. Yeah. I am comforted by Soderbergh's cuz mm-hmm. it's it's like it's like hugging an old friend. Absolutely. Where where it's a, you know, you have to pick to go back to an argument you made just just a, a couple minutes ago about like people who are 20 who are excited about Twin Peaks. You know, like I'm excited I, I I'm excited about Beatles records. Yeah. Oh, so okay. like I, th- I don't, I think there's a separate sort of experience, but the idea that like you had to be there to enjoy it. Yeah, you're is, right. I, I, you know what? I didn't mean it the way it came out. It's more just, it's almost this, un- and I could just totally be, this could be all shit made up in my head. It's as if this nostalgia, it's like, oh, I was there. I remember when the show came, which is, I, I don't even, I don't care if you I remember my parents not old, allowing me to watch it. I remember my, yeah, I remember my mom going, there's this show, Twin Peaks, it's weird. I watch it. I don't know why I watch it, but it's weird. And that's kind of, and that was like my. I was watching you know, Northern Exposure. Northern Exposure. I was too. Because yes. that, that was I like, was too. that was like the sitcom version of Twin Peaks. Yeah, it was. In Northern a way. Exposure gave me a lot of comfort as, as I, you know. It's it's I think I think it's a, I think it's I think there's a lot of connections to that in Twin Peaks. So yeah, I understand cuz I'm just I'm like I don't know. I think at a certain point it's just I like that they're revisiting some things, but but like they're remaking Will and Grace. Not even remaking, they're I continuing. Saw, I was walking to work and I saw a bus and I just thought it was like an old, like, you know, because that happens sometimes. Like, I was walking through my neighborhood and there was an ad for American Gangster on a, on a page. It happens. Phone, you know, and I, but I was like, I mean, oh no, this we'll, is real. Yeah. Like, me and M. Tume, mm-hmm. who by the time you're listening to this episode was our was our guest last week mm-hmm. uh, or next, uh, sometime, something. Him and I got really excited when they were developing a continuation of Coach. What? They were going to re they were going to bring back Coach. Back when X Files got X Files, Twin Peaks, all these shows got reannounced, uh-huh. they were like, We're gonna bring back Coach. That was the one I was most excited for. Wow. Cause I still yeah. haven't re I still haven't watched the new episodes of X Files. Now don't get me wrong. I was never X Files guy, so I don't know. If if they ever made new episodes of Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. I would be there in a hurry. I'm, you know, I'm yeah. when when the Deep Space Nine documentary comes out, I'm going to buy tickets for you and I to go see it. But I'm going to be okay. crying. I'm going to be crying the entire time. Fair enough. I'm, that's and fine. in October, I'm is. thinking of going to 
uh, Star Trek convention at Jacob Javits Center. Maybe you'll come with me. Sure. Be hilarious. I went to my first convention with my uh, Pink Smoke buddies. It's just, it's, but it's a well, the chiller convention. Yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to go um, with you next time. I met the Nasty Boys. Nice. And I got the other experience because there, there's a great boys. there's a great picture of me and the Nasty Boys. But off out of frame, off camera, Greg the Hammer Valentine was nodded off asleep at his autograph booth when he should have been, you know, awake trying to get autographs. But it just adds to the authenticity. It reminds me of that scene from The Wrestler when he goes to the VFW hall yeah. to sign And then at one point you look over and this one guy's nodded off. It was like, okay, so this shit is real. I, I, I do, real quick too, another, my, my other thing too with Twin Peaks is every time I would look up, it's like, this person just got added to the cast. This person just got added to the cast. And it's like, that's interesting, but then people deter, it's like, oh, Eddie Vedder is going to be on Twin Peaks. The show's going to be awesome. It's like, no, you don't know that. It's no different. When I was leaving, I th- it was here. The last time I was here and I was leaving, we were talking about like albums and the whole thing. Like when you ask someone, when like an artist, especially a hip hop artist, like, so you, how's this album coming? It's like, oh, it's great. I got so and so on. I got so and so on. It's like, we don't want to know your features. Is it a compilation album? Like, why is it good? Not just because so and so is on it. Like, that stuff is really. You yeah, know. there's there's a reason why almost no supergroup albums are memorable. Because, yeah. like, I guess the second Traveling Wilburys album is pretty cool. The what? Traveling Wilburys. It was like Bob Dylan. Oh, I, uh, George just, Harrison. Uh, Roy Roy Orbison before three, he died. Those are three names not in my uh, lexicon. No, know who they are, and I attach each of those people with like. Songs and movies, but otherwise, yeah. Roy Orbison. Pretty Woman. I was thinking Blue Velvet, but yeah. Pretty Woman, too. Yeah, I need, I need to. I need to oh, yeah. Pretty Woman, that's a great movie. I haven't, I haven't watched it in a while, too. It's so. fun. Don't like. Don't tell women you don't like that movie. Oh, no, I, I know. <laughs> the Julia Roberts laugh and all that stuff. <laughs> it, that's, a, that's a great, that's a fun movie. No, it's... <laughs> It's more that, like that. I'm not making. Kind of, I'm not making. I'm not. Why? I'm not going to make fun of women on this show. I wasn't making fun. No, no. <laughs> we don't need to pluralize. I'm just making fun of Julia Roberts' annoying laugh. I know. Um, shit. They made me think there was a movie I wanted to talk about. Well, oh, we need to talk about Let's Get Lost, but we're running out of time. Yeah, yeah. We'll um, table that for the for the next recording because I have to upload uh, the episode. That's gonna air tomorrow, yeah. which is now. Yeah, I don't. Let me just stop talking. I want to confuse everybody. I have to upload episode nine. So by the time you hear no this, uh, episode nine or is it? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, episode yeah, nine. Yeah, because like right now, Jacob Rivera is checking his iTunes to make sure it's on. Oh, that's true. Shout out to Jacob, man. Yeah, he's 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 the man. I I I really want him on because because I want to. I love boxing movies. Yeah, I'm assuming that because he's into boxing yeah. and he's into movies. Then maybe we could talk Paradise Alley. Paradise Alley. I think maybe. See, he did a podcast on Wrong Wrong Real is All How We Know Each Other. And they did it because he's a boxing aficionado. They did a boxing movie episode. And through that, I found out that he didn't like Fat City, which weirded me out. Because to me, Fat City is one of the greatest boxing movies. Maybe top three. Or okay, I thought top, it was Million Dollar five, Baby, Million five. Dollar Baby, Million Dollar Baby. Jesus. My favorite part of Million Dollar Baby is when. Uh, Morgan Freeman defends the guy that calls him a nigger at the beginning of the movie by beating up another black guy. How's that for uh, how's that for a movie moment? But my anyway. favorite part of that movie was when it was over. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that too. I didn't see when it was over because I got up and left. 
I, I, but then I felt stupid because I found out my friend was like, I mean, there wasn't much left in the movie. I, like, when I told him all, I got up and I left. Fuck that scene. And he, he was like, there was just like 15 minutes left. You could have stayed. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. Look, I could have done. I could have been a, a professional rollerblader. What? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> you ready to tell me a, a cool story? No. I'm just talking about like uh, dimensional time theory. If you ever want for a, a future homework, have you ever seen Prayer of the Roller Boys? No, but that sounds amazing. It is a, it's a movie. Uh, Corey Haim is an undercover police officer, and he has to infiltrate this uh, rollerblading neo-Nazi gang in the future. Wow. Uh, Patricia Arquette is in What's it. What's it called? Prayer of the Roller Boys, or Prayer for the Roller Boys, one of the two. But it's one of the non. It's just Corey Haim. It's not a do. It's not a Corey Haim, Corey Feldman movie. It's Corey Haim, Patricia Arquette, and uh, it's very weird. Neo Nazis on rollerblades. Uh, I don't know if we've brought this up before, but do you ever worry or wonder why the character of Corey Haim in The Lost Boys had a poster of Rob Lowe in his locker? I never even noticed. Well, re-notice. Okay. Because I do love Corey that movie. Haim. Rest in it's peace, Corey movie. Haim. Absolutely. Uh, next episode, we'll talk about Freddy Got Fingered. Absolutely. All right. Uh, People can people know how to find you by this by this point, right? Pinland Empire and um, just side by side because that's a that's a hashtag that I own now. Seriously, if you hashtag if you search side by side on Twitter, my account comes up first, so I own it. Trade All right. You've been lying in bed for a week now, wondering. How long it'll take You haven't spoke I looked at her in all that time Cause they were the easiest line You could break She's been going Round a business as usual. I was with that man, callous man. But you were too busy looking into yourself to see the. Any tears in her eyes? Any tears make up in a shame? Any tears make up a scene? Let them part. 